0: This is the I Don't Interview with some Podcast. My mom, Shawnee, my auntie, Deonica, episode 18.
1: You and Dee were there, so I was thinking if you wanted to talk about what you were
2: doing as far as. You know what? I love to talk about it, but then there's a spin to it because we just had a situation. Oh. The girl, the damn security guard had the nerve to ask Deon to show his key card to enter the hotel to, earlier today. Why? I guess because he didn't have on a suit. We're on Capitol Hill. Well, exactly. For no reason. Mm -hmm. All this while I'm at a training seminar, learning about how to help people with implicit biases so that our children can have a better life. The irony of it all. Welcome back to another episode of I Don't Care If You
1: Listen. Leonica in D.C. And we open episode 18 with that. So how did Dion handle it?
2: He texted me and told me what was going on. He thought maybe it was because, you know, he tried to rationalize it. You know, because they're setting up for a party and maybe it's an exclusive party. But it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? He was... Then he told me he came up in the room and just kind of stared at himself in the mirror like, damn, what the f***? (laughs) Is it my clothes? Is it my beard? Is it, you know, he's questioning himself. So he's out taking a walk now. He went to go to Union Station, just kind of air out. Mm -hmm. We did go down and talk to the manager. Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy with his response really, but another staff saw the interaction and came and affirmed Dion and apologized for not pulling him to the side and saying that the dude was out of line. Mm. The clerk who was at the front desk also said, you know, this is not acceptable and was very clear about that. So, um, you know, I explained to the manager that there are trainings for that and that I hope he would follow up accordingly because he wouldn't like it if he walked by me and I grabbed my purse or locked my car doors. This was a black man. right? To make it so bad. So
1: it's just really sad. It had to have been kind of like a uh, a weird thing to go through the training and then come back and have to deal with that. I can't. That's just.
2: No, it pissed me off. It, it wasn't even weird. It was just like, really?
1: Mm. Yeah. you right.
2: always have to be reminded that we're black. Right. <sighs> and, you know, Dion's got on a button down, pair of nice jeans, casual shoes, and a hat, he's got on a leather coat, jacket. But he he doesn't have a business suit. Everybody else in this hotel is wearing a business suit.
1: You know what? And the way business looks anymore, people can wear anything and work digitally forever. That should never matter.
2: If he has a reservation here, he should be treated with respect and dignity just like anybody else.
1: Crazy. So what was he doing? He was coming into the hotel, and that's when the
2: clerk yeah. asked him. He asked him, you good? He said, yeah, you know, thinking maybe he was offering him to hail him a cab or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So he says, are you a guest here? And Dion said, yeah. And the man goes, can I see your key card? uh mm And then Dion was like, he was like, I thought he was about to snatch my card and run. But I knew that it wouldn't matter because they can deactivate it. But he said, I just didn't think that
1: so weird. Not that so weird. I I wish I could say it's weird. You're right. It's not weird. It's annoying, awful. Annoying.
2: Yeah, so shout out to all the black men out there who have to deal with the stereotypes all the time. You are just as valuable and worthy as anybody else. Dion, I know you're out there. Keep your head up. Chin up.
1: Shout out to all of you. You know the shoddy treatment that you receive. You wear that badge nonstop. It's it's not something you can take off. All the power to those people that's just kind of go through that and still persevere despite all that.
2: Especially the brothers. Like yeah. I had to find on when Obama was in the Senate here. He couldn't even catch a cab. Yeah. It really doesn't even matter because if he, you know, I'm sure Obama had on a suit when he went to work. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Wow. 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 Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that, Lee.
2: That's okay. Um, because one of the things in, in my webinar is, you know, action commitment is to address any kind of injustice, disparities. And so like Dion, he didn't do anything. He just kind of hung out here. But when I walk through the door after work, I got to have a good evening, ma'am. So that was really annoying, and I was tucked down into going downstairs and sharing the information with the manager because I'm not accepting that type of behavior anymore. I'm calling people out on their microaggressions, their racism. I don't care what color they are. If, if you're doing something unjust and unfair and treating somebody different because of the color of their skin, their gender, their sexual orientation, you are not right.
1: It may take more guts to call people out on it but it needs to happen it
2: does cuz if we don't it's going to continue to go on and on and on get up stand up stand
0: up for your rights get up stand up
1: don't give up the fight i don't care if you listen i don't care if you listen i don't care if you listen a podcast with shalini and Yamaka. I didn't know that they were going to make this George Bush thing a day of mourning. I didn't really think of it. And then when Chris was like, well, you know, there are only 45 presidents, so it's kind of a big deal. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're
2: right. You're right. You are so funny. (laughs) It's been cool to be here um, through all of that. Like, um, my workshop was directly across the street from the Capitol next door to um, the Supreme Court. So I got to see all the people lined up like crazy. I got to see the procession, the funeral procession leaving the Capitol, Mm -hmm. the hearse and everything. Dion actually went down to the street and watched it. He went live on Facebook for the first time and they did the 21 gun salute. I didn't hear the 21 gun salute, but he did. So that was kind of cool though.
1: Yeah. And of course you saw the video of, the Obamas and the Clintons and the you Carters. So it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It's he 45 does not fit. I, I don't know how Michelle and Hillary both sat there. Like Michelle even was able to muster up a fake hello, good morning, you know whatever. But Hillary didn't even look over at him.
2: Yeah, and uh Bill only like side eye glanced
1: quickly. I know all I could think I was like Hillary probably said to him don't you look at that more don't you even turn your head and look at him uh-huh.
2: Better not.
1: and all I was thinking I said to Chris I was like I, it, with me it would probably have been like who's screaming lock her up now B.'" You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was See. uncomfortable to watch though that was uncomfortable that he just did not fit He didn't fit. I was feeling like uneasy for Michelle and Hillary, especially. I was feeling uneasy for
2: them. I wasn't. I thought that they showed a lot of dignity, especially the Obamas to even. Of course they showed
1: dignity because that's who they are. But there's this part of me that wants to be like.
0: Arrest the president. You got the evidence. That nigga is Russian intelligence.
1: Dog him. Dog him out. Dog him to his face, turn your back. Don't look, don't touch, don't smile.
2: Like John McCain, don't come to my funeral. Absolutely not. Not,
1: right, (laughs) right. But Bush invited him before he passed. I guess he even, you know, made it clear that he was trying to, you know, get that bipartisan thing going on. But I felt like all of them were sitting next to him thinking this dude is ruining every single thing that we have created everything mm-hmm. he's just tearing it all down
2: yeah and he's given other people license to do it too because now all these states are trying to come up with these stupid laws
1: did you see this in michigan and wisconsin what's happening yes I'm so so, pissed. so, what's happening in Michigan, Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, now that they've got Democratic leadership in office, the Republicans who are currently in power are basically stripping power from newly elected Democrats. This is the the best video I found uh, about it from Vice. Check this out.
0: After two days of protests at the Wisconsin state capitol. It was relatively calm this morning around 6 a.m. when Republican lawmakers finally passed their top priority for the lame duck session. There are 17 eyes, 16 no's. The bill is passed. The chair recognized senator from the 13th. A series of bills to dramatically reduce the powers of the incoming Democratic administration. The bills now go to outgoing Governor Scott Walker, a Republican, who said he'll sign them. The new laws are designed to make life much harder for the guy who beat Walker. Tony Evers, and his attorney general, Josh Call. They require Evers to seek lawmakers' approval before making changes to public benefits programs. And they may Call jump through hoops to file federal lawsuits or to withdraw from ones, like Walker's challenge of the Affordable Care Act. It's all part of a new tradition in American politics, where a party loses an election and then rewrites the rules of the state in the aftermath. This week, Republican lawmakers in Michigan passed a law that would let the legislature intervene in the incoming Democratic attorney general's ability to file lawsuits. And in 2016, GOP lawmakers in North Carolina stripped the new Democratic governor of his power to make appointments to key positions. In Wisconsin, Democrats like Jennifer Schilling, the Senate minority leader, fumed all night.
1: Your antics today is what the voters rejected on November
0: 6th. Republicans, meanwhile, were relatively hard to find. Walker showed up briefly on Monday to attend a Christmas tree lighting ceremony where he was heckled by protesters. When he was elected in 2010, he wrote a letter to the outgoing Democratic administration demanding that it not use the lame duck period to interfere with the voters' choice. He didn't respond to a request for comment. And none of the dozen or so Republican legislators we reached out to would talk to us. They did hold a press conference on Tuesday. Given the timing of this, how is this not just a power grab by a party that no longer has the governorship? We've been talking about this for a while. Now, as Senator Fitzgerald has consistently said, legislative process and a lot of these issues are kind of inside baseball. But if you are in the legislature and you are in the executive branch, you want to make sure that the two are equal. That's the whole basis of our democracy. And the system right now is heavily weighted toward the executive. Now, having it done right now is not the ideal situation. I would have preferred to have done it with Governor Walker in the spring. Republicans didn't really have to explain themselves because the outcome of the vote here was never in doubt. They have a firm grasp on the legislature, thanks in large part to aggressive gerrymandering, which gave them 64% of the seats in the Assembly this year, despite winning just 46% of the vote. That means things aren't likely to change anytime soon. Something Senator Schilling had to face when she came back to work this morning. How dramatic of a of a reshifting of power is this here?
1: My Republican colleagues said, "No, we're just leveling the playing field. We're just we, we we're now admitting that we may have given too much power to the executive branch, and we're just bringing it back. That we want to be uh, a co-equal branch of government." Well you,
0: do they no, have a point at all? Well,
1: no, they would have. We would have never been here had.
0: Scott Walker been
1: re-elected, and they gave that power away to, the, to that administration, um, but I, I, it was a ruse because the people's checks and balances was on election day. They rig to win, and they rig when they
0: lose. The likeliest outcome? A lawsuit over the bill's constitutionality, filed by the attorney general himself. That's one power the Republicans didn't manage to take away.
1: So... Uh-huh. I don't know what's gonna come of that, but it, it it seems like it's a whole different battle now. It's trying to make sure that they don't break too much before Democrats take over.
2: It's crazy. It's so manipulative yep. and so selfish. Like they and unfair. are so self-serving people.
1: That's why when you They're say. Ser-
2: service
1: when everybody said you know the way that the obamas you know and basically all the democrats kind of greeted trump at the funeral i really am really tired of democrats being nice they need to start being shitty they need to start being really shitty i think because the niceness is where Even when it comes down to like Hillary, like Chris Matthews from MSNBC, MSNBC, he's he's an MSNBC reporter. He's going in on Hillary. And it's like, stop. This is what's wrong. Like, when they have their guy, regardless of what schmuck of a guy they have, they put him up on a pedestal, they all fall in line, they stand behind their guy, and they just march to the tune. That's right. And Democrats don't do that. And I never even really used to like to call myself a Democrat versus a Republican. I always just figured I was part of the fair crew. But, like, right. now you have to choose. Now you really, now you're... You, Now you have to choose. I don't think you can't not choose anymore, you know, at least for now. But, yeah, Chris Matthews, he went in on Hillary. Everybody going in on Hillary or going in on Nancy, like, you guys, cut it out.
2: Yeah, Nancy's really getting it bad. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Well, I'm hoping that maybe what the new executive branches of Michigan and Wisconsin will have to do is probably – bring it back to the voters and make us have an election about giving those powers back.
1: Red tape, bureaucracy, bureaucratic BS. Instead of just making it fair and not allowing them to do unfair stuff, we have to, yeah, go through all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was Chris Matthews. Chris said that it was Chris Matthews. Basically talking about Hillary Clinton and why she didn't um, talk to Jimmy Carter who was sitting next to her, but she did talk to Jimmy Carter who was sitting next to her. She also had to sit three people down from the dude who literally stole an election from her. Three, four people down. Four people down from the dude who stole the election from her, ruined her name, and calls her all kinds of horrible things. Like, sorry if she didn't look like she was ready to have a party. I thought her and Michelle both did really well. I thought all of them did really well considering the stuff he said about them. All of them. I'm surprised they all didn't get up and chew them up.
2: Did Carter shake Trump's
1: hand? No. Trump didn't even acknowledge him.
2: I didn't think
1: so. No, Trump didn't even acknowledge him. And he's the oldest living president. Like, no respect. None. None. It was such an awkward thing. Like, that whole thing I thought was so awkward. Maybe that's what I want to put in that segment this week is um, why I feel so enraged on behalf of Hillary and on behalf of Michelle Obama. Girl, life, shit.
2: Girl, life, shit. What's going on?
1: Because on behalf of them, especially Hillary, I feel like her vagina is literally cause for her to be a piñata, whether it be on the Democratic side or the Republican side. Like, people just beat her up like nothing. Like, she's just nothing. Like, she has no background, no education, no nothing. And she's got all that experience so much experience so much work she's done and it just seems so disrespectful and so i hate that it's because of her genitalia that this automatic pinata license is there i hate Mm -hmm. that that drives me nuts and i think that as women we should all be enraged by that and we should be really really go out of our way to fight stuff like that i mean there Uh, is a whole generation coming behind us a whole generation coming behind us expecting us to do better than that we don't pull apart our own girls our own sisters we don't do that we're not supposed to no no
2: yeah liberty and empowerment we need a lot of empowerment Mm -hmm. and unity i mean and what's that gonna take like
1: really i'm starting to wonder what it's all gonna take i went to go donate. Sorry, I, I digress. See, and this is where it gets hard to edit because I go jump all over the place. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalom and the Being surprised by humanity is my thought right now, is my threshold for surprises changing so much just in this Trump administration. My threshold for what will people actually do is really changing and I didn't think I would get to this point there was a girl I don't know if you saw a story there was a girl she's two years old she's got neuroblastoma anyway she's got cancer and she needs a blood type that is only going to come from somebody of Indian descent or Pakistani descent with O positive or an O blood type and it's not gonna come from anybody but that that race so I saw it. I saw it on national news. I went, I donated blood for this girl to see if I'm a match. Who knows? Cause, and mm-hmm. the lady told me when I went to go donate, she said, yeah, I've had a lot of people call and they call and they say, if I donate for her and I'm a match, what's the prize?
2: What? They so they want some kind of compensation. They wanted a prize
1: for donating. Like it was a lost dog type of situation. And I was like, Wow. I would say, 10 years ago, I would have said that surprises me. But nowadays, that doesn't surprise me. My threshold for surprise is absolutely shot, because people are shady as.
2: And we were taught to assume the best and give people the benefit of the doubt. But it (laughs) seems like now we do that. We're just going to get. We suckers. We're suckers. Yeah.
1: Which is where I look at the vision of the Obamas, the Clintons, and the Carters sitting next to him. He has dogged each and every one of them. And I just wish that we weren't always so graceful and peaceful. And maybe even, I mean, it not just with those families, but even as women in general, minorities in general, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take to make things
2: change. I don't know either, but I know that I'm feeling the rage and the anger um, and the humiliation. Yeah. You no, it's really humiliating to think that because of your gender or your race, people just make certain assumptions about your competence, about your intelligence, about your roles.
1: You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. I said to Chris, you know, I have a hard time day to day functioning, knowing that the people who stole my store from me are just out there living their lives, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being Hillary or Michelle and having, or Barack, and having this man say this stuff and having to sit right next to him all peacefully, hi, how you doing, good morning.
2: (laughs) No. Nope. The man is trying to destroy their legacy.
1: Yeah, he's trying, he's literally, he's Wreck-It Ralph in the mean one. Wreck-It Ralph's actually a good guy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. So you had one uh, one day of training today? Two two days and you had, are you happy with it? Do you think it was
2: I really enjoyed it? I was, um, this was a training called results based leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's about teaching people how to use data to get real results because we do a lot of talking, but we don't make a lot of things happen. Yeah. So, um, True that getting people to, to really speak openly, um, to challenge one another, to disregard the culture of politeness that we have that stops us from addressing issues. Um, and it felt really good. I got to be a peer leader because um, it's a cohort that is meeting for three sessions, and I was a part of a cohort last year that did the same thing, but I joined the cohort really late, so I didn't get the benefits of all the training, so this is allowing me to get some of the stuff that I missed. Nice. And um, I'm really excited. It also was good confirmation for me. Like, this has been really a hard year for me at work professionally. Right. And, um, it's also been a very rewarding year for me professionally because I felt like I've been doing the work that I was called to do, that um, I've been practicing to do all my life. <clears throat> Even when we were at Albie, and I've been studying all this stuff. So um, some of the conflicts and stuff that have arise at my job after going through this and processing things, I'm kind of I. I was questioning myself if I responded in the right way because I I created waves. And I don't like to be the one to create waves, but I needed to create waves to allow people to listen and, and really understand. And um, I felt bad about that because I don't like creating waves. I value relationships. I'm a very relational person. And I... Um, I want to be liked.
1: That's pleaser complex. We have both got it. We both yeah. got it. You don't like thinking that anybody doesn't like you or has a problem with you.
2: However, I believe in justice more than I want to be liked. There you go. So when it comes to my work, I don't care if you like me or not. I have to speak the truth. And I have to point out the evidence. And I have to challenge people because the people I work with make decisions about people's children and families. And we know that there are disparities in the work that we do. We know that, you know, we get more CBS investigations for black families, that more kid black like kids go to foster homes, that they are moved to different places more often, they're more often in residential, their stays are longer, they're likely to have more moves, and they're less likely to get adopted. So you know, you, you got this coming all the time, and if we're doing, we want to do good work, and we think we're doing good work, and we evaluate our programs, and we're saying we're successful, we're successful, but then you look at the numbers in the general population, okay, just because we served 150 families, and we were able to preserve, you know, 125 of them, but are still... 10,000 kids in foster care, well, not really 10, but like 900 kids in our county foster care, then are we really being successful? So we can't really brag about our work and and feel proud if we're not making a true impact. And um, by program, we're successful, but in terms of the whole child welfare system and the state of Michigan or even the county where I live, I don't feel like we're really making an impact.
1: But to be fair, I mean, that's like a, that's a pretty big feat that you would like to make an impact on that. Not saying that you can't do it or you shouldn't do it, but I I mean, you got to start somewhere. Every little bit helps. You got to chip away at it. Like you got to chip away. We got to chip away. We've got to be good ancestors, you know, mm-hmm.
2: for sure. So
1: I can tell in your attitude and tone right now, by the way, this is, I don't care if you listen, <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast with just us. I'm Shalini. She's Leonica, although we'd love to have you if you want to join us anytime, but Lee, I can tell that you're inspired where you took in a lot of information today and you're pissed off, when I say tired I could tell you're tired and exhausted of the fight. Mm. You know that it has to happen and you know that you have got to lead a charge of some sort, but the weight is heavy right now and you're tired and I can tell. You're just kind of having that day where you want to process it and you want to fix it now and it's just a lot of shit. I get it.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a lot to carry, but I'm like, if I don't do this, who else is going to do this? I can't count on anybody else to do this this isn't stuff that i can delegate to someone else you know i just feel like the weight of that is on me and i have to carry that burden because if i don't who else will who else is going to have the passion the drive the commitment the dedication that it's going to take to confront these issues so it's not something i feel like i can delegate to anybody else it's like this is just my calling. This is who I am, and that's why I was put on this earth to help put up a mirror so people can really look at themselves and their behaviors and think about how they impact others.
1: You can't really expect anybody else to feel the way you do about it or have the drive and the ambition to want to get it done the way you do. But, Mm -hmm. and here's the thing, I think where i hit these ebbs and flows is i'm glad that you found your work that fulfills you to do what it is you're trying to change in the world that's what i'm hoping i've found as well but like i'm glad that you've found that because people like you need to be in positions like that where you can actually affect change
2: thank you i appreciate that and being on capitol hill is inspirational you
1: know. It is. Anytime, you know, I loved going there. But I, we love being there. It is inspirational because you do. But you know what? Now it feels like now I would feel less inspired, I feel like. He's tarnished it. <laughs> but
2: there are so many landmarks yeah. around here. It's true, it's true. And I went to quite, me and I went walking around and just looking at um, some of the quotes from... Our forefathers about democracy and what our responsibility is to this country—it's a good thing. I, I really think that that's very inspirational, and it helped ground me today. When I when I was at lunch, I was thinking, you know what? I love my country, and I do believe in democracy. Like I truly love democracy, and. I'm angry right now because I don't think people are practicing democracy. I feel like the Republicans are stealing democracy away from us. Yeah, we got to act. Yeah, I something out. something I'm with you. We can't keep being nice.
1: Mm-mm. And I'm to the point now where, you know, I've had a lot of these thoughts in my head of like, can I be my outspoken self and still be successful as a, Parent, still be successful as a businesswoman, still be successful as a music teacher, still be successful as a wife? Can I be my outspoken, sometimes angry, sometimes frustrated, sometimes pissed off self, and still is it okay? I'm, I'm starting to lean on that side of life where it's like, I don't know that I have any other choice now.
2: But one of the um, techniques that we learned was to give it back to the other person. So I think that that's something that I'm gonna try when I'm angry and I'm going through, you know, different things is it's just kind of, you know, give it back to that person and maybe reflect. Like, did you really hear what you just said? Mm. You know, like when they say, can I touch your hair? What would make you want to do that? You know, mm. do, do you have people that come up to you and touch your hair? That type of stuff. Or I'll ask, can I touch yours? (laughs) That's such a weird
1: thing. I'll still never understand that. I'll never ever understand why anybody does that.
2: I think it's general curiosity. And because they're isolated, it's exciting. It's it's something different. Hmm. I guess.
1: I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people know what they're doing and saying when they do stuff and say stuff
2: like that. Sometimes they do. And those are the ones I give it to.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess if that's... I mean, that's a good thing,
2: the whole give it back.
1: That's a good way to kind of...
2: And then that way, I can feel like I'm not going to fulfill a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Because what they want me to do is go off and be that angry black woman. Mm. I hate
1: that term. I know. I hate that term. I have a billion thoughts in my head. A kaleidoscope, if you will, of issues and topics and i can't necessarily generate the words because i i didn't have a great day today i just didn't and i think i'm just having one of those days where i don't know if maybe you're having a lot of people are having the days these days where right. it's just like the world is beautiful there's a lot of magnificent and amazing stuff in the world but the yuck can be very heavy sometimes and it can be a lot
2: the yuck is real bad. <laughs> have you seen the, the recent stuff about um, Khashoggi's murder?
1: No, Khashoggi. What? 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 What's the latest?
2: Okay, so apparently there have been some text messages leaked, and we found out that the Saudis actually had some military-grade software where they hacked his cell phone and he was having a lot of correspondence with a um a a political refugee who lives in canada i can't think of his name right now and they were planning to empower the youth through social media to um protest against the actions that the prince is taking kadoji himself was working to get money and he was sending the money to Canada to the guy who he was working with to empower these young people over in Saudi. And it was him in Canada who realized that their phones had been hacked, and so he warned Khadoggi. So you said it three different ways. (laughs) Did I? Yeah, go ahead. Kosoji okay go ahead okay because I keep trying to call him Qaddafi, but I
1: know that's a whole other person <laughs> yeah please don't go with that Kosoji. Um Jamal Kasoji was organizing online youth movement against Saudi state before his death
2: and so that's what it was all about because over there that's considered treason and they have been listening and monitoring the texts for months so freedom of speech is not a thing in Saudi Arabia and so if, I think I also read somewhere on CNN that the prince ordered it and also monitored. And that just made me so sick.
1: Canadian-based Saudi activist Omar Abdulaziz in a series of WhatsApp messages before he believes their correspondence may have been intercepted by Saudi authorities uh, in August. We have no parliament. We just have Twitter, Abdulaziz told CNN of their operation, which they called Cyber Bees. Twitter is the only tool they're using to fight and spread their rumors. We've been attacked. We've been insulted. We've been threatened so many times we decided to do something. He added his name last week to a lawsuit filed in Israel and Cyprus against the NSO group, an Israeli firm whose military-grade spyware was reported to have been used by the Saudi government to hack his phone and access his text with Kosoji. The technology is additionally understood to have been deployed against another dissident named Yaha Asiri and an Amnesty International staff member. Mm -hmm. He said the hacking of my phone played a major role in what happened to Jamal. I'm really sorry to say, the guilt is killing me.
2: Uh, Horrible. They were giving the kids SIM cards to use so that they couldn't be monitored by the government.
1: It just goes deeper and deeper. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalini and the I have a new show that I like. Okay. Tom Arnold. Is on Viceland. Remember Roseanne Barr's old husband, Tom Arnold? Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: Donald Trump saying, quote unquote, grab them by the pussy.
0: We're talking about 16 year old girls and their underwear here, okay? Spewing racial slurs on the set of celebrity apprentices. President
2: Trump denies any involvement with prostitutes.
0: Don't worry. Tom Arnold is on it, and I'm Tom Arnold.
1: It's called The Hunt for the Trump Tapes on Viceland. So he and Donald Trump are like buddies. They used to be. And then when he started, he said when Donald Trump started the whole birther thing and birth certificate BS and started putting Putin up on this pedestal, that's when he was like, what's going on? And now he's like, got this TV show. I can't tell if it's, you know, gimmick, but he's like trying to get the tapes of Um, Trump ordering hookers in Russia to pee on Mm -hmm. the Obama's bed. And um, he's trying to get the tapes from the apprentice of Trump using the N-word. And he's trying to get tapes of all the tapes of him on the Howard Stern show with all the awful things he said on the Howard Stern show. I don't know if it would change anybody's mind if they heard these things, but he's like made it this TV show that he wants to go and get all this audio. So it's worth checking out. Um, I'm I'm watching old episodes now, um, catching up on it. But there's people who were in the uh, Miss America pageant and people from The Apprentice who were not able to speak on camera because they got scared of getting in trouble. But they mm-hmm. basically sent like the texts of the stuff that they overheard in the, you know, on the set of The Apprentice. And it's pretty... Raunchy stuff, as you'd expect from a raunchy man.
2: And Omarosa kind of talked about that. Yep. About the tapes. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to matter, though. People know. I mean, it, they don't want us to say, I, I got a meme off Pinterest today. This is Kneeling is disrespectful, but it's okay to, to grab them in a...
1: The way he talked about Bill Clinton, he said, you know, there's never been another president that's ever been as a womanizer or whatever is bill clinton it's like really stormy daniels and then the whole like him saying that he couldn't have been any part of the whole peeing hooker thing in europe or in in russia because he's too much of a germaphobe yeah right like stormy daniels said they didn't use any protection like give me a break no way none of that none of that i don't even the fact that i know about his sex life like even saying it is gross Right. Like, I don't like saying his name along with the uh, any of its squirrels. It's squirrels. It's yeah,
2: it is. He's squirrels.
1: I don't care if you listen. What episode are we on? 18. Episode 18, Lee. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Leonica's over there in D.C. I'm here in Florida, and we are happy that you're here listening with us today. And if you were not listening, then you're kind of missing out because, you know, we're fun to talk to. <laughs>
2: Say that
1: again. Speaking of fun to talk to, when do you head home tomorrow? Uh-huh. You know when you go home tomorrow, you're going to be able to legally do the damn thing if you want to. Just saying. Not that you would, but I'm just saying you could. <laughs> that is very
2: true. The great state of Michigan. Do you, do you, do you, do you, do you? I'm in love with marriage she's
0: my main thing she makes me feel all right.
2: she makes my heart sing it'll be interesting to see how that works
1: well there it is congratulations michigan you did it
2: that's right it's
1: pretty uh,
2: it, uh it's probably wild there right now you think <laughs> oh yeah
1: at 12.01 Thursday, Michigan turned green and became the 10th state in the nation to legalize marijuana for adult recreational use. With The old saying, "smoke 'em if you got them, carries many, many caveats. Matt Abel, who has been a marijuana advocate for years and is the executive director of the Michigan chapter of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, said he planned to roll a big fatty and smoke it at midnight when Michigan's voter approved oh ballot God. initiative on recreational marijuana officially went into effect. This is the last day of prohibition. He said on Wednesday, it's significant and a milestone for marijuana laws in Michigan, but we still have a ways to go.
2: You know, He was rolling doobies and smoking them anyway. I'm
1: really excited for Michigan. I mean, I think there's so much opportunity available. I really hope that, like we talked about on the last podcast, that employers and banks kind of figure out a way to make it part of the system.
2: Yeah, because I want to try and... um see what we can do with CBD oil and hair and skin products. I've been afraid to research it, like to Google anything about that stuff because, I don't know, it just seems, it's so weird to hear people talking about.
1: Yeah, and you don't know what is safe to talk about. Like, you want to stay within the guidelines of legality and, you know, but you also don't want to, like... Be too out in the open because you don't know at what point what's going to change and who's going to say this is different or that's different and it's always I mean it's a fine line you know but yeah. I just think my whole opinion on anything that is more natural than not I always err on the side of something that is grown as opposed to something that is crushed together, crumbled together, poured
2: and stirred. Your mom is really into holistic treatment though right? Yeah she is.
1: I would have thought that the healing properties of Marijuana would have been more a part of the things that, you know, she would have. But, you know, I think that's just a stigma. It's a stigma with her culture, generation, the whole nine. It's not something that...
2: I was talking about your mom today. You were? I was. Yeah, my, um, one of the facilitators is Indian. And, um, he shared that his mom was in pakistan with well india when they the british came and talked about coming over to the united states and what that was like for them and i was like wow i know my girl's mom had some similar experiences oh and-
1: yeah man dad mom and dad both of them i don't care if you listen i don't care if you listen i don't care if you listen A podcast with shalami and yamaka I really just really thought we were on such a different trajectory. I know I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million times again. It's sad to know that I got to see a great and feel a great momentum and lose a great momentum in my lifetime. That sucks. I'm sorry for the, the kids, the little kids I see all the time. I feel so bad, like I'm
2: so bad. I'm so sorry we did this. I'm so sorry we did this. Well, hopefully by time they're able to be aware We'll fix it because I'm just, I don't even want to imagine what the history books are going to say about right now. These times, so much anger, so much hate, so much violence. We got mass shootings. We got terrorism. We got people that are greedy. It's, yeah.
1: People finding the need to throw their babies over fences. Yes. yes. You know, they're so desperate to get out of their situation and fighting so hard to get into our situation. And we're blocking them so hard. We're making them throw their children over the big old gate. Like, come on. What are we? Where are we?
2: What is this? Okay. So another participant in this training told me a story. I want to say it was in Nebraska, Omaha. They have a huge Burmese population called Mm -hmm. Karen. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were able to, like, find a, a rental unit where a lot of families would move in together to save money to buy a home. Sure. And there were a couple of women in the neighborhood who... Um, were uncomfortable with their presence. And so they called the housing commission several times and filed complaints, complaints, and after you do so many complaints, they have to go and investigate. And of course, it wasn't the the greatest, in the greatest condition, you know, some of the, the units probably shouldn't have been lived in, but others were okay. They arrested 150 people in one night. For what? Ice, it was an ice raid the superintendent opened up the high school because there were children whose parents were taken to jail and there was nowhere for those kids to go. And they stayed in the high school with with teachers until their parents were able to get released by their personal recognizances or bonded out or whatever. And for some of those who weren't able to get out, like there were teachers And um, other faculty members who took those kids into their homes until they could be reunited with their families. And I thought that was a great story, but it was so horrible for them. They're going through so much stuff in their country. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think a lot of people in this country understand that people are being persecuted. Like, we're concerned over these mass shootings, but in some countries, that's like an everyday thing. There are people literally running for their lives. Watching their loved ones get their heads cut off or That's what shot I'm saying.
1: down. That's what I'm saying. Like, people are so desperate to get here. And we're built on taking in those people who need our help. And we're so keen on building big walls and putting barbed wire and blades on it. Like, well, who is that? That's
2: not us. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. Those are the nationalists. They don't want to call them racist now. They call them nationalists.
1: Anyone who's not willing to have an open dialogue and be honest about what the issues are and where the inequities lie, anyone who's not willing to have those conversations is never going to make the world a better place in a leadership position.
2: Yeah. Like the black nationalists, they're mad about the legalization of marijuana because they're saying that now white people are trying to capitalize on something that they used to oppress us for centuries.
1: Well, I mean, I just hope that every single person who's even come close to having any marijuana-based prison sentence is, like, free and clear this moment.
2: Um, I think they're reversing them if they only had a small amount, I guess, less than the legal, whatever the legal amount is. So two ounces or something like that? Six ounces? I don't know. So people who had less than that, the, the legal amount recently can get their you know charges dropped in reverse i know that most police departments had stopped enforcing the law already there are some cities like portland some small conservative cities that are coming up with local ordinance to keep stuff out and i just think about people
1: who have had to deal with the authorities
2: and paying fines yeah. and fees being locked up
1: over bud oh lee i'm exhausted from this whole experience called life and i'm so excited by it too like i get to do a birthday party on saturday i'm excited and petrified about i had an awful kids class today which wasn't awful but it wasn't awesome wasn't my favorite wasn't my best and then i have my son's birthday party on sunday i'm really excited about and then donald trump's president and he's breaking the world
2: world, imagine imagine that I free all my sons. I love
1: them, love them, baby. USA Today, um, this is from a few hours ago, Michael Flynn's sentencing memo on Russia is a ticking time bomb for Team Trump. The sentencing memo released last week by special counsel Mueller strongly suggests that Flynn was taking orders from others when he called the Russian ambassador in December 2016 16, and asked that asked that Russia not retaliate against new U.S. sanctions. The heavy redactions in an addendum to the memo hold the secret of whether President Donald Trump himself was in the loop. They need to be transparent. Well, because the reason that it's supposed to be redacted is because that material...
2: investigation. Yeah,
1: that material will affect an ongoing an investi- investigation and they don't want to mess with an ongoing investigation and spill the beans on that.
2: Yeah, I get it, but... We want to
1: know. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how much damage they're going to let him do before they actually take him out of that office. How much does he get to break before you guys take him out?
2: I mean, anybody else, all the evidence is put forth and blasted all over the news for any random Joe. Well, I just always try and compare it
1: to a physician. Could a physician have all these malpractice suits against them and still be operating in an operating room? Would that be allowed? Do they have to be proven guilty of all those accusations before they're prevented from performing surgeries and things like that?
2: It has to be that they can't settle out of court. <laughs> See? And that's... I mean, they get, they get so many lawsuits, they pay people, they pay their way out of it. And they have insurance for malpractice. They are protected. And that's dumb as hell too. Because people who mal- <laughs> who are malpracticing shouldn't be protected. They're supposed to be experts in what they do.
1: I don't get it. I don't understand a lot of it. Well, I really want to go out on some music. What do you want to go out on?
2: Tupac, they claim that I'm violent. Dion said Tupac, they claim that I'm violent. Because it speaks to his experience from today. That's where we're at.
1: I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalomy and Leonica.
0: They claim that I'm violent. Just cause I refuse to be silent. These hypocrites are having fits. Cause I'm my blind and defiant. Envious because I will rebel against any oppressor. And this is known as self I show no mercy, they claim that I'm the lunatic. But when this shit gets thick, I'm the one you going and get. Don't look confused, the truth is so plain to see. Cause I'm the nigger that you sell, I'll call a to be.